Hello and welcome to the Honest Politics Podcast. My name is Alex Gamsik and I'm the founder of Honest Politics, LLC. My company does political research, but not for politicians. My services are for everyday Americans just like you and me. So let's get started talking about cell phone radiation. I know ever since I first got a cell phone in 10th grade, I was wondering what the long-term effects of the radiation coming out of my phone might be. We all know that radio waves and microwaves are emitted from our phones constantly. And how is this going to affect us over a long period of time? Scientists know that radiation is cumulative, which means that you don't just heal from radiation. Radiation kind of stays within your body and it builds up. And we know that um, ionization can happen where your cells lose particles and there's oxidants bouncing around and antioxidants are, you know, touted as good for you because they heal this and they stop cancer and all this. So to get all of this jumbled knowledge together, I spent the last few weeks researching what scientists have to say about cell phone radiation, what some of the world's biggest health agencies have to say about it. And then also I did take a peek at what, you know, not established people are saying. What do everyday doctors have to say about this, or others who might have important opinions. So I'm going to take all that research and distill it for you here. First, we're going to talk about science in general, move on to what science thinks about cell phone radiation. The middle of the podcast will discuss cell phone facts and an overview of radiation in general. Then we'll move on to some opinions that others have. And uh, lastly, methods that I use in my everyday life to limit my radiation exposure because I do think it's really important for us to limit the amount of radiation we get, and you'll see why in just a few minutes. So first, when we're talking about science, you know I like to stick to the science on this podcast. I like to take what most of the established thinkers have to say, kind of compare competing viewpoints, but mostly focus on what the experts say on a topic. The problem with that is that sometimes, not always, not often, but sometimes experts are wrong. Think about the fall of Afghanistan recently. The Taliban took over the country within a few weeks, whereas the military intelligence and the experts were saying it would happen at least three to six months. So sometimes we're wrong about things, and we're going to discuss why. Science relies on evidence. Now, at first blush, that seems like a good thing, but it's also a double-edged sword because there are some things you cannot disprove because evidence is limited. For instance, evidence can be unavailable, evidence can be manipulated to look like something else, or evidence could require resources we don't yet have. Think about black holes and discovering them and taking pictures of them. We didn't have the resources to do that, back when Einstein was around, and Einstein just made a theory about black holes and what they were. Same with cell phones. We don't have the time horizon in this case. We don't have the time with cell phones around to see what the long-term effects are going to be. For instance, cell phones have been popular for like 10 or 15 years. Most of us have had one. But think about someone as young as me growing up with cell phones for the next 50 years. We don't know what that buildup of radiation over 50 years is going to cause. Because there are microwaves when we hold the cell phone in our hands, in our pockets, and up to our faces when we're talking. 
in this case, I'm going to look at what the scientific consensus has to say. I think it's good to start, even though that's kind of the conclusion. We'll start there. The overwhelming consensus is that although some researchers are worried about the long-term effects of cell phone use, so far there's not actually any evidence that radiation emitted by cell phones causes harm. Again, that evidence, they don't have the evidence yet. That doesn't mean it doesn't cause any harm. That means there's no evidence it doesn't cause harm. That it does, whatever. <laughs> so the World Health Organization says that the main concern with cell phone radiation is tissue heating, which is kind of when the radiation heats up your muscle tissue, which they say is negligible on cell phones. An increasing frequency of cell phones means less penetration into the body, so even with 5G and stuff where the frequencies are increasing, that might actually help us in terms of this. And the WHO says that no consequences for public health are anticipated from cell phones. The CDC in America says the CDC's position is that there's no scientific findings that provide a definitive answer to the question of whether cell phone radiation causes cancer. The International Agency for Research on Cancer has classified radio frequency radiation, or RF radiation, as a possible human carcinogen. The Mobile and Wireless Forum, which is basically funded by cell phone companies, but they do run like regulatory checks on cell phones, says that the cell phone levels are safe, and you know reports from the media that cell phones cause cancer if you use them for 30 minutes or so are misinterpreted and based on like 12 hours a day of heavy cell phone use right up to your head and people don't really do that so here we have a range of things we have some people saying it doesn't cause harm some people saying we're not sure if it causes harm and then one group saying it's a possible cancer causing agent so there's a spectrum of viewpoints on this and a lot of uncertainty once I dig through some of these facts and present them to you, you can kind of come up with your own opinion and then observe my methods for managing radiation and see what you want to do in your life. Um, some quick information on cell phones. In 2017, 95% of Americans had a cell phone. 12% of them rely on it for everyday internet access. And the average age to get a cell phone is just 10 years old. So think of it, if you're a 10-year-old right now getting a cell phone, you have potentially up to 70 or 80 years of exposure to the radiation from cell phones in your lifetime. So we're not just talking about the 15 years smartphones have been popular. We're talking about a 70 to 80-year time horizon. And we just don't have the evidence yet to figure out if the radiation coming from your cell phone is dangerous yet. So a little bit of information from Samsung. Your mobile device is a radio transmitter and receiver. It's designed not to exceed the limits for exposure to radio waves adopted by the Federal Communications Commission. These limits include a substantial safety margin designated to ensure the safety of all people, regardless of age and health. So I know this is coming from a cell phone manufacturer saying that the radiation is safe, but they're putting this out there. Now we're going to talk about a measure for radiation called SAR, which is the specific absorption rate. This is basically how much radiation your tissues are absorbing from a cell phone. And the SAR is measured at the cell phone's maximum capacity. 
So think about trying to like stream HD quality video while also uploading millions of photos. So your phone is blasting energy as hard as it can. That's what the SAR is measuring. And the SAR is from all cell phones has to be under a limit set by the US Federal Communications Commission. Um, Apple says that the SAR limit is 1.6 kilowatts per kilogram in countries that set the limit, average of one gram per tissue, la la la. So um, they basically know these regulations and they adopt to them. The SAR levels for common phones is something that I looked at. Um, I observed from cell phones like the 12 Macs, the iPhone 6S. I looked at MacBooks and Apple Watches. I looked at the Samsung Galaxy smartphones from the S3 to the S21. And instead of boring you with all the numbers, just some general observations are that all the cell phones are well within the limit set by the government agencies iPhones are, have a little more radiation than Samsung's, so if you are concerned about radiation, Samsung Galaxy phones are better for you, definitely. And the S21 and the older ones, like the 6S or 6, um, the S3, those are better than the S10, which is a little higher, but still not as high as the Apple phones. Also, looking at the Apple Watch, it has 10 times less radiation than cell phones, so I think smartwatches are generally safe and much safer than I had assumed previously. Um, MacBooks are actually surprisingly high. They're about as high as cell phones. So even though we might think, oh, my MacBook or my laptop is not sending signals to radio towers, it's still pumping out about as much electromagnetic energy as a smartphone. Now that we've talked about cell phones, let's get into radiation a little bit. You can get exposure to radiation in general from many sources, including cosmic radiation from airline flights. I bet you don't think of that while you're on an airplane. You're getting cosmic radiation from space. Airport screenings use low levels of non-ionizing radiation called millimeter wave technology. So basically when you go through that, it's not an x-ray machine anymore, but it's like a scanner that scans your whole body you're getting exposed to low levels of radiation from that also. The CDC talks about how radioactive materials are in everything from like sandstone to bricks to granite because of naturally occurring radioactive elements like radium, uranium, and thorium. These naturally occurring elements break down into radon. And you've probably heard of radon because that's one of the major causes of lung cancer in this country. It is something to look out for if you're buying a home. It can seep up through cracks in the ground and it does cause health effects. And we know this for certain that radon is dangerous. And so like, as you can see, you're getting radiation from a lot of different places in your life, not just from cell phones or from x-rays at the doctor's office. Um, even tobacco has radioactive elements that come from the fertilizer used on crops. And a buildup of that can lead to cancer. I hope that's not the same with vegetables where the vegetables we get from the grocery store have fertilizer on them, which is kind of crazy because I buy vegetables to be healthy. What if there's like fertilizers and the pesticides are doing more harm to me than the vegetables? It's something I don't like to think about too much. But anyway, getting back to the cell phone thing, you get UV radiation from the sun and from tanning salons. 
you get low amounts of RF energy from wearable technology like Apple Watches. Cell phones, in general, produce something called non-ionizing radiation, which is different from ionizing, ionizing radiation. So the difference is that ionizing radiation, like gamma rays and x-rays, do actually strip the electrons from whatever they're hitting and can cause major problems. Whereas non-ionizing radiation is not strong enough to do that. So one argument people say is that cell phones, because of the non-ionizing radiation, are not harmful. But you think about UV energy from the sun and from tanning salons, that's also non-ionizing radiation. And we know that too much sun and too much tanning can lead to skin cancer increased probabilities. So I know there's more radiation that comes from the sun than just UV, So, but it's something to keep in mind. Um, I mean, if we look at OSHA, which is the agency that's in charge of workplace safety, they say that even non-ionizing radiation in large amounts can be dangerous on a work site if you live near if you work near a satellite or something that's beaming radiation into space to a satellite in space i guess i meant a satellite dish to a satellite in space that can be dangerous also because of the radio frequency and the microwave energy that's blasting out of it osha defines non-ionizing radiation as a series of energy waves composed of oscillating electric and magnetic fields traveling at the speed of light and they do say definitively it's hazardous if not properly controlled. So we have two competing opinions. Non-ionizing radiation is not too strong to rip electrons away from cells, so it's not dangerous. And then you have the other side that says, wait, it actually is dangerous at high levels. And both come from legitimate sources. The CDC says that unlike x-rays and other forms of ionizing radiation, Non-ionizing radiation does not have enough energy to remove electrons from atoms and molecules, but it can heat substances. For example, the microwave radiation inside a microwave heats food and water. The World Health Organization recommends 5 to 15 minutes of sun exposure. Why did I put this in here? Um, two to three times a week to get enough vitamin D. That's crazy, right? I mean, I think I need to be in the sun for more than like 15 minutes two times a week, but whatever. I'm not sure why I put that in the notes. Maybe you got something from that. I don't know. Too much UV radiation does cause skin burns and um, premature aging of skin, all this kind of stuff. I guess I put this in here just to say even non-ionizing radiation can cause trouble. But one stat that made me worry a lot less about the cell phone radiation comes from the FDA. And it was saying how ionizing radiation carries a billion times more energy than non-ionizing radiation. So when that word billion comes up, you really have to think about what that means. Like, that's such a hard to understand number. When you think about the x-ray at the doctor's office and people say, you know, it's okay to get x-rays occasionally. Think about that a billion times less. And that's what's coming out of your cell phone. It makes you really stop and think, is it really that harmful? Even over a long period of time, if you're getting exposed, you'd have to get a billion times more radiation from your cell phone than an x-ray, which people, which doctors say is safe occasionally. So, makes you think. Now, we're going to take a quick message break, and when I get back, we'll listen to some more unorthodox opinions about cell phone radiation. 
and then finally get to my tips for managing cell phone radiation over a long period of time to perhaps stay healthy. Welcome back. So first we're going to talk about some of the podcast episodes I listened to researching this topic. The first one is called The Doc of Detox, and I could tell kind of right away that this guy and his guests seemed a little crazy. They were going on some conspiracy rants, and you know, there's some red flags that I picked up on I'll tell you about, and this is kind of a good indication of how you can spot misinformation. You know, I did earn a master's degree in public policy. I've been scouring media reports for the last 10 years. I think I know a thing or two about dissecting truthful opinions. I know who professors sound like, people who've studied stuff their entire lives, and then kind of grifters who are just trying to sell something. A few of the good points these guys made is that the cellular communication industry is huge, billions, multi-billion dollar industry, and they do have the capability to protect their own interests. So some of the sources I listed earlier were funded by cell phone companies. And who knows how much the cell phone companies are funding people within inside the CDC and the WHO and all of these things. But again, that's kind of more of a conspiracy. I mean, I'm sure Verizon would like to spill the beans on T-Mobile saying things, you know. So I doubt they're all... Can, like working together in this crazy way when they're so competitive against each other. They were saying that some of the manuals that come with cell phones tell you to keep it away from your body, and this is kind of true. I mean, I got a security camera recently, and it literally says in the instructions, keep this two feet away from you most times because of the radiation coming out of the camera. Then they go into saying that there's been an increase in chronic diseases like Alzheimer's recently. But if you listen to my obesity episode, you remember that the increase in chronic diseases is because we're living longer and we have the luxury of getting something like Alzheimer's rather than dying from malaria at age 30 or so. So that doesn't explain it. He's also saying there's a lower birth rate, I guess implying that the radiation is killing off sperm or something. And that's just not true either. People are having fewer kids because it costs a lot to live nowadays and we don't have the time to focus on raising a lot of children. We can't afford a lot of children. We don't need children as insurance policies for taking care of us when we get older, like because of social security. So there's a lot of other reasons the birth rate is going low, not because of cell phone radiation. That's just kind of stupid. Um, and then they have other anecdotal evidence about how phones are burning people's skin and all this stuff. But they do have a miracle cure that if you just buy their product and stick it in your car, you stick one of it on your baby's crib, stick of it, a few of them on your bed, it'll be protected from the radiation. It just absorbs all the negative energy. And that's the kind of thing that you have to look out for. You have a complicated problem that is based on faulty logic, and there's one miracle that will solve it. And you just happen to have it. You know what I mean? So when someone comes to you with a complicated problem and they have a very simple solution to it, that's a big red flag. You have to watch out. Is this person trying to sell something? Are they being truthful? Now let's go on to more of an established doctor's opinion. This was Zorba Pastor on Your Health. It's a podcast 
that I think is mostly good about health and stuff like that. They were talking about a study they found where the National Institute of Health was funding research showing um, brain cancer called sarcomas on lab rats who had cell phones hooked up to their brains. And although they're pumping those rats with a ton of cell phone radiation at once and stuff, and he was saying that there's no real risk to humans yet, um, and he doesn't believe that there's some giant conspiracy from the cell phone companies. So you have a more established doctor saying it's nothing to worry about. And you have people on the outside trying to sell you things who are trying to tell you it's a problem. Now, I take, I don't take a middle of the road approach because I'm just some centrist who always takes the middle of the road on things. I'm not like that. But I do think there's some complicated issues at hand. Like I said, we're not worried about acute cell phone radiation. If cell phone radiation harmed you immediately, we would obviously know by now. If it harmed you in the medium term over 10 years, we would know that by now as well. But we don't know how it affects you over 50 years. And like I said, if the average age to start using a cell phone is 10 years old, we don't want people at 60 years old suddenly realizing, oh no, I'm developing sarcomas because of this cell phone radiation. We don't want that. So my tip is to just limit your exposure. You don't have to cut cell phones out of your life. It makes no sense to throw them in the trash. They're kind of necessary for the kind of world we live in now. But there's also no reason to just let all the radiation into you. There's no reason to be reckless. So there's some tips from the FCC. They say to use a hands-free headset to use speakerphone as much as possible. And if you have a pacemaker, you seriously do have to be careful um, because the radio waves can interfere with your pacemaker depending what kind it is. California's Department of Health came out with a lot of really good tips, including keep the phone away from your body as much as possible, reduce the cell phone radiation when the signal is weak. So basically, your cell phone works harder when your signal is weaker because it's trying harder to reach the cell phone tower. So try to be in an area with good reception. And if you're in an area with bad reception, try using your phone less. It says reduce the use of cell phones to stream audio or video or to download or upload large files. So when I'm downloading a lot of podcasts at once or if I'm watching a YouTube video... I don't hold my phone. I kind of put it a few feet away from me and just kind of either watch the video or watch the files get downloaded. Keep the phone away from your bed at night. This is such a simple one. You don't need your phone when you're sleeping. I don't know if I need to use supporting evidence for that statement. Just keep your phone a few feet away from you at least while you're sleeping. I mean, research from sleep scientists even shows keeping your phone in another room is great for your sleep health and will lead to long-term health benefits. It says remove headsets when you're not on a call. And then also, California was saying to avoid products that claim to block radio frequency energy. These products might actually increase your exposure. So you know how I was saying your phone struggles to reach a cell phone tower and it works harder? Well, if you put a device that blocks some of the radiation from leaving your phone, it's not really blocking all the radiation or else it wouldn't be a working cell phone. What it's doing is redirecting 
the energy away from what's blocking the cell phone radiation from escaping, and that case is redirecting the energy and making it blast harder out of every other area in kind of a 360 circle spheric kind of way. So I've been tempted to buy some of those products that claim they'll protect you from radiation, but in reality, they are exposing you to more radiation. So that's kind of what some of the established sources say, and I really love the California guidance. I'll share it on Honest Politics LLC's social media within the few next few days. Also, within the ne next few days, I'm going to be sharing the lead-up to the 2021 elections. Now, my major push is to help you learn more about the candidates on your ballot, who is on your ballot, what do they stand for, and then maybe even some more in-depth research if you'd like to pay for that as well. So look out for that on my social media channels. I just want to kind of conclude with more of an informal how I treat the radiation issue. I try to keep the phone away from me as much as possible, especially when I'm downloading or uploading things. Um, I do not sleep with my phone near me. I keep it away from me. And then something they never m mentioned on here is that I use airplane mode quite a lot. One thing I like to do is put my phone on airplane mode and turn the Wi-Fi on. Now my Samsung S10 is capable of doing phone calls, text messages, YouTube. Basically, it can do almost everything that a normal cell phone can when it's not on airplane mode just by using Wi-Fi. So when you think about it, you're not sending waves to the radio tower. You're not sending mobile data to the radio tower. You're just using the Wi-Fi that's already in your house when you do this method of airplane mode plus Wi-Fi. If I'm sleeping, I turn the Wi-Fi off. I know some people don't have the luxury of keeping their phone completely off while they're sleeping, but at least put it on airplane mode and Wi-Fi, and then at least keep it a few feet away from your head while you're sleeping. I think that's just very simple tips. You know, another thing I do is if I'm on a phone call um, and I have to have the airplane mode off, I use a, like, my headphones and try to keep the actual phone away from me at that time. You could use speakerphone, stuff like that. So I use airplane mode quite a lot and it's helped me out. When I'm at work, I try to keep my phone off, but if it does have to be on, I keep that, you know, on the other side of my desk away from me. And these are just very simple things that have become a habit. And I think, let's say 40 years from now, people might be coming down with cancers at an increased rate and I'm gonna have probably half the amount of radiation in my body. So it's gonna take twice as long. And by that time, you know, it might not be the radiation that I have to worry about. Just some simple things, and you don't have to do this, but I think it's a public health issue, and it's something that we should all take seriously. Thank you for listening to this episode. I'll talk to you next time, as we seek to discover more of the stories behind the statistics.